Hey, 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 everyone. You're listening to Civil Radio 101.7 FM in Abbotsford, serving the Fraser Valley, located on the traditional unceded Stolo territory. And this is Bush League. I'm your host, Carl Lundgren. I'm with me, my co-host, Kenny Greencorn. Hey, Kenny, week two, you having fun yet? Oh, absolutely, man. And honestly, I'm happy we were able to get uh, a show in here earlier than scheduled. So this is awesome. Yeah, I guess I shouldn't say week two. It's episode two. We used to do weekly episodes, and we decided to try and tra- trace it back to uh, you know an eight se- eight episode season this year. But uh, you know, everybody's just clamoring for more, so we had to do more episodes. <laughs> so here we are doing one on our on our week off. But it's fine. We got the Marlies coming up this weekend, so you know we got to make sure we beat those guys. So anything we can do to help the cause. Absolutely, and I mean, since the last time we uh, recorded, we we saw the Abbotsford Canucks. Lots uh, happened. Oh man, six games. Uh, Vancouver has had ten games since then. So, a uh, couple couple trades in there too. Let's talk about those big one for Abbotsford. Absolutely. Right after we recorded last time. Uh, uh, the Canucks traded Mike DiPietro to Boston with Jonathan Myrenberg for Jack Studnika, Carl. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, people are trashing this trade a bit, at least especially at the time. Uh, the optics were definitely bad, bad timing to be trading away a right-handed defenseman right when we were short on right-handed defensemen. Um, I think we had the entire Abbotsford Canucks right-handed defenseman roster into the NHL roster. But, <laughs> you know, but when you put it in perspective, uh, this is a good trade. I mean, let's let's really break it down. Jack Stadnika, 24-year-old, second-round pick f- from 2017, 30 NHL game, 38 NHL games, seven points in those 38 games. He could play at the NHL level right now, and they did. They slid him in. He got a goal in the games, and but unfortunately, uh, you know, went down to injury. So hopefully, we get him back soon. But in the short term, that definitely benefited us compared to a pouting goalie that wasn't playing any games, right? So you got to think about that. That. In, in retrospect, I mean, Michael DiPietro was not going to play a game in Abbotsford this year or Vancouver, so we got something short-term. Long-term, you know, we I hate to lose Muremberg, fifth-round draft pick, uh, you know, look good. He's one of those fifth-round sleeper picks potentially, right? He's looked really good in Linkhopping. I think I spoke, pronounced that right. You know, with a Swedish last name like Lundgren, I should be able to pronounce these SHL team <laughs> names a little better. But, uh, you know, Linkhopping, he played well in the ju- Junior 18 team, the Junior 20 team. He's developing well, good size, good skill. You know, it's a tough one to lose. I think that he's going to be a sleeper fifth-round pick. He's going to be a good a good one for them in Boston. Yeah. And boys in Boston. Yeah, fair enough. So... Carl, who wins this trade then? Uh, well, you know, Kenny, I, I think the Canucks win this trade. Definitely short term. Uh, you know, you and I were talking about this beforehand. You, you, we're not sure long term. We'll have to wait and see. Mirenberg could turn out to be a complete stud. What do you think of Mirenberg? Yeah, you know what? I think he's uh, he's one that, I mean, obviously he's a right-handed shot, but I mean, he's got a lot of potential. And he could have been as, I think you're bang on when you say sleeper fifth rounder, so... Yeah, well, the Canucks have always done very well in late round picks. Uh, lots of history in that. You know, dating him all the way back to Pavel Bure. So, you know, uh, not that he was that late, but you know what I'm saying. A b- bit of a sleeper pick. Uh, they're they're very good in that regard. A lot of these Swedish sleepers, Swedish sleeper picks. No, absolutely. It's a Swedish sleeper pedic mattress. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that, it, it, I, I think overall they win the trade. Canucks win the trade. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. And then the next day, the Canucks go and trade a fifth round pick. Uh, in the 2023 draft to Carolina for Ethan Bear and Lane Pearson, Carl. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's funny. That was corresponding around the same time as uh, the home opener for the Abbotsford Canucks. And I was there with my jersey on that says Bear, because that's my nickname, as everybody knows. And somebody <laughs> comes to me and goes, how did you get an Ethan Bear jersey already? I'm like, oh, man, I'm like, that's just all me. I'm the Bear. I'm the original Bear. Forget about Ethan. But, no, I love Ethan Bear. I'm so happy to have him here. He was such a great fan favorite in, in – uh, Edmonton, uh, you know, big, uh, big pull in the indigenous communities here in Canada. I think he's going to be a great fit in Vancouver, especially with the indigenous culture of the Canucks organization. Great pickup. Glad to see him here. And, you know, he's sliding right in there and playing, you know, he's playing well. He's good, solid, there again, young-ish right-handed defenseman. It's almost as if they knew that was coming, right, Kenny? <laughs> uh, you know, he adds depth where we desperately need it. 
and uh, definitely, you know, on the short term, is looking like a, a, a miles better player than Nuremberg, right? So that's huge for us. Another thing I want to mention a lot of people don't remember is, and people forget this junior hardware, right? He won the Bill Hunter Memorial Trophy, which is awarded to the you know, WHL Defenseman of the Year. He won that back in 2017. You don't win this type of hardware at the junior level without something going right for you. I mean, there's some great players who put up good numbers over the years at the junior level that haven't won this hardware. So this guy's got a lot of potential. I don't think he's a, you know, he's going to gel well here in Vancouver. I could see him being a really, really good defensive player here. Yeah. Yeah, and how about Lane Peterson? A solid depth center. Uh, he's playing great in Abbotsford so far. He had a bit of a slow start to the season before the trade with the Chicago Wolves. He uh, he had no points in four games, but he's got four points so far over five games with Abbey. Uh, so he's shaking off that slow start, gelling well in our organization. And you know, that's a good depth player that you can pull on if we get into injury troubles. Yeah, no, absolutely. And listen, Ethan Bear got his first goal the other day uh, in the Canucks game against the Sabres. And Lane Pearson, uh, I mean, he's... He's centering Carlson, right? Carlson and uh, yeah. uh, Nielsen. So, and they've looked really, yeah. really good. So that's uh, that's awesome. I think it's a great trade. I mean, yeah, Carl, who wins this one? Uh, you know what? Uh, <laughs> call the police because Carolina Hurricane just got robbed. Uh, <laughs> you know, and I mean, let, let's be, let's face it here. I mean, they they free up some cap space. I guess. I guess that was the goal of the trade. Uh, but they're still retaining eighteen percent of Ethan Bear's contract. And I think mm-hmm. that uh, you know, for the amount that he's getting paid there, around two and a half million, I think, if you consider we're only paying around eighty two. 80% of that, uh, that's pretty good value for us out of a player that, uh, you know, in a position we need depth in. So I think that couldn't have gone any better for the Vancouver Canucks. And it's not like Carolina has done anything in the last decade with their fourth, uh, with their fifth round or later picks. Like, I think the last uh, memorable one would have been like 2010, uh, Frederick Anderson. Mm-hmm. The goalie Frederick Anderson, for those that remember. Like, that would be about the furthest back I could think, right? And uh, was he backing up to Cam Ward at the time? Uh, Frederick Anderson, actually, I think he was, uh, actually, I think he was drafted by Toronto, I think. Okay, so. Anaheim, Anaheim, then Toronto, and then he went to Carolina, I believe. Frederick Anderson? Yeah, but he was a seventh round pick, you're correct. I remember correctly. Oh, man, my stat sheet is letting me down here. <laughs> okay, well, we're, I was going to say, that doesn't really fit with the Cam Ward era. I'm like, why would they? Anyways, uh, I mean, okay, so all that's on me. The bear messed up there. But regardless, you know, I look back through their pit, their late-round picks for uh, for Carolina for the last uh, decade or so, and I couldn't really see anything memorable. So as far as I'm concerned, this is a Canucks win by a landslide on that trade. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, so yeah, that leads us to the Abbey Canucks. I mean, last time we recorded, they were two and two after their four game road trip. I love how you always say, I couldn't agree with you more, but I'm just going to correct you on everything you say wrong. <laughs> hey, I could be wrong. All right. So, uh, so yeah, so we had this, this, we were really excited for this. You know, the road trip came to an end. We wanted to see what was going to happen at home. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, yeah. we went two and two on that road trip, right? Four year road trip. That's a win. Start the season on the road. Start the season. That's a win. Two and two. Absolutely. And then we're going to head out on the six-game homestand and start with San Diego. Um, San Diego. San Diego goals. Predictions were? Yeah. Yeah. I said uh, they would win uh, both games or most likely split the series because they have a tendency to do that on the Friday-Saturday specials and here in Abbotsford. Uh, but then I, I don't know if we could pull that up, Taryn. No, we can't. No. Yeah, well, we. for those of you that want to go back and listen, you can listen to this. I think it was about 20 minutes in the last episode. I said specifically three points in that series, I said, in that set. I said they'll probably pull three points out of it knowing them. So I thought they outmatched the goals. I thought they would pull two wins, but they just love to do these two or three-point Friday-Saturday weekend series. And uh, uh, for those of you that don't know, we do have a third member of our team this year. His name's Taryn. He does man the board for us, does a great job, keeps us on track, keeps me flowing, keeps me from, you know, talking about draft picks that didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, so uh, thanks, Taryn, for all your hard work. But, yeah, we can't unfortunately can't bring up that clip, but check out last week's episode for that if you want to hold me to my word. Maybe I'll pull it up and put it up on social media. For those of you that know, know our social media is at underscore Bush League. That's at underscore Bush League or Bush League Radio. Sounds good. And yeah, that uh, that that first home game against the goals, uh, 
The Canucks come up with a 7-4 win. Carl, you were at this game. It looked like a great game. Uh, awesome what about game. a coming out party for Kyle Rowell? <laughs> Why don't you tell us about the game, man? I, you know, I got to tell you, like, what, what a great game to watch. It's one of those ones you just love being in the building. It's a home opener. Everybody's happy. Everybody's having a good time. Plus, I got to have my pre-Lully's hot dog. Grimm's was giving away free hot dogs. So I got to have a hot dog before I had a hot dog. And it was great. So, you know, I definitely felt that the next morning. But, uh you know, I wish we had one of those toilet <laughs> sound effects right now, but we don't. So, anyways, uh, yeah, Kyle Rao, what a great, what a great opening game for him. Uh, he played great, but I dare to say he uh, hasn't been as noticeable since, right? Uh, he had a, another strong game on November fourth against Coachella, which we'll talk about in a bit. But um, you know, he where, he where he had two assists in that game. But I'm expecting a lot out of him. He's got a lot of you know good good uh, background, and I'm expecting him to do quite a bit. Uh, but hey, that game we're talking about here. So did you know the home opener, Carlson? What a great game mm-hmm. as well. Uh, and he's literally you know my boy, my boy Carlson, Carl's son. So you know <laughs> I'm always watching for him. But man, what an impressive showing from that uh, HL rookie. And he's in the scoring picture, rookie scoring picture right now. No, oh, absolutely. And, and hey, listen, I. I couldn't make that game with you because I was at the Canucks game uh, watching the Penguins, and uh, I can tell you. Were you wearing a Penguins jersey? Uh, I was, yeah, Crosby, my boy. You've been to two games this year now, and yeah. you, at Vancouver games, and you haven't worn a Canucks jersey once. No, no. So the next game I will wear a Canucks jersey. And actually at this last game, uh, you know, it's hard to turn off being a Canucks fan when the guy beside you <laughs> nudges you and says, hey, um, I'm confused. You're wearing a Penguins jersey, but you're cheering for the Canucks. What's going on? I'm like, oh, man. You are literally the worst Canucks fan <laughs> ever. But you know what? Here's the thing. is, It sounds like, there again, optically, it sounds terrible that you would go to a Buffalo Sabres game and wear a Sabres jersey. But Dominic Hasek, for those of you that don't know, is uh, my co-host Kenny's favorite player. Well, actually, I'm sorry. That's behind Mario Lemieux. So there again. So Pittsburgh and, and Buffalo are two games he would definitely wear a side jersey. But did you wear a the New Jersey was a Crosby jersey. Crosby. I wore Crosby. Because he was there. Although he was absent and uh, invisible in the game, uh, he was there. Uh, do, you, do you have a little New Jersey? I sure do. Absolutely. Uh, why wouldn't you wear that? Uh, when Crosby retires, I will. Oh, but uh, anyways, back to the game. Well, two goals. Lockwood with two goals. Carlson, a goal and two assists. So three points for him. Three points for Dowling. Kalanick, Willanen, both with two assists. Delia getting the win. I mean. It's like a points parade in oh. that game. Absolutely. Yeah, Delia looked great, too. He played well. Uh, if that's the standard performance we're going to see from him this season, we're going to have a strong season. Uh, great great backup goalie performance. Uh, for those of you that don't know, this is airing on Friday at 5 o'clock, but we are in the studio recording this on Wednesday, and there's an Abbotsford Canucks game on the go right now. So I'm just going to check in with Taryn and see what the score is. What is the score? What's the score? So, yeah, and I think Delia's in, in that right now tonight as well so last we checked it was one nothing for Laval Laval's yeah so we'll talk about Laval in a minute but anyways back to the recaps there so we have the next game Kenny what happened there yeah so um yeah I was excited to get back out to the game with you after that last one but I mean this one was nothing like the game you went to the night before uh, but honestly, it was the Lucas Dostal show. I mean, for those of you who don't know who Lucas Dostal is, uh, you learned pretty quick in that game. <laughs> I mean, seriously, the Canucks peppered 43 shots on net to San Diego's 29 and came up short in a shootout loss. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, the Canucks, this has been happening a lot for them this season in their losses where they uh, pepper the goalie and don't really get the results. But, you know, that's the thing. Like, this is, um, they're, they, you know, they're just not generating quality chances down low. Right, mm-hmm. and you want to, you mentioned about the power play that you were un, extremely unimpressed in that game. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the toughest part about this game was that the uh, was that the Canucks power play it went zero for seven. So I mean, that's seven chances to capitalize, and quite frankly, they come up short and it cost them in this game. Yeah, and they have a lot of set plays that they like to run that involve catching the team on the run down low and they do a lot of those even strength um and they try to catch them on the on the break into the zone on the power play as well but the problem is if the ice slows down even a little bit they 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 have a tough time like when the ice is fast and playing the way they want it to they look unstoppable and it doesn't matter who they're playing i've seen them blow out the the rain you know they've blown out Mm -hmm. some of the top teams in in the league uh, they can blow out any team if the ice conditions are going their way. But as soon as the ice slows down a little bit, they look like a very different team. Things get a little more physical, and you see a whole different team come out of them. They take dumb penalties. And for them to not capitalize on seven 
uh, power plays is really rough to see. And that is the reason they lost. Mm-hmm. And they're taking lackluster shots. It's uh, kind of winging the prayer stuff, you know? Yeah, oh, for sure. You know what? Canucks had some great chances, and Dostal just stood his ground. Uh, even with you doing the Dostal chant, he still stood his ground. <laughs> I was quite impressed by this kid. Yeah, I didn't I didn't chirp him too badly. I tend to leave the goalies alone, but we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's a really good goalie, Dostal. Uh, he's got a strong save percentage so far at 918. I uh, played a couple games at the big club last year. He's 5-5 five and five to start this season. You know, he's worth keeping an eye on. Like you said, that's a guy I think we're going to have trouble with this year. Mm-hmm. For sure. And uh, before we move on to Coachella Valley, I see Taryn just pull up the score here. It looks like it's 3-1 Laval Ooh, over the Canucks. That's, Is I that the second how, period? Second period. I wonder how Dilio's playing. Hmm. Well, well, I can't wait to watch that on AHL TV later on. <laughs> but, so, uh, yeah, so then they uh, they move on to Coachella Valley. So Coachella Valley comes to town, and um, I know none of us were able to make it out to this game live, uh, mm-hmm. but we're, we were able to watch this on AHL TV, and uh, this looked like a great game. Honestly, a solid effort by the Canucks. Despite being outshot 26-20 to 20 in this one, they came out with a decisive 5-2 victory. Yeah. Yep, despite uh, missing their two best fans in section one ten, row one and two, <laughs> or row one, like seats one and two. Yeah, no, it, it, that was a you know a hard fought victory for them. Um, but this is proof uh, that this team plays better when they execute their set plays instead of just throwing the puck at the net. Right, get outshot, but they outscore them. Right, and this is just. That's that's what they need to focus on. They need to mm-hmm. ignore the chance of the crowd saying, shoot, shoot. You know, D- Nielsen needs to pay more attention to us telling him to get some. But, you know, outside <laughs> of that, they need to kind of ignore everybody talking about shoot. They need to play those set plays. They're really good at it. they got great coaching staff, probably one of the best coaches in the NHL. Mm-hmm. So make use of that. They've got great plays. They're well coached. Make use of those plays. Don't just throw the... F- the puck at the net, get, you give the goalie a chance to heat up. And I know Don Cherry old, oh, get the puck on the net, get the puck on the net. Yeah, that does apply if you're really missing out on shots. But if you're getting 20, 30 shots in a game, you don't need to have 40, 50 shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. And this one was led by Lockwood with two goals. Rao got two assists. Carlson with a goal and assist. And honestly, Delia with some solid goaltending as well. Yeah, that's great. That's great to hear with Delia. He's going to be a big part of our success or failure this year in that backup slot. But Lockwood is definitely heating up. He got pulled up to Vancouver. Um, I think that was as they were putting, um, you know, doing the last injury reserve roster changes. But yeah, Lockwood was pulled up. He's playing great. He got a goal the other, or sorry, he got an assist the other night. Mm-hmm. Um, he's great to have in the organization. He, you know, any injuries on the right side for the Van Club? Because we know guys like Brock Besser, they're healthy all the time right so you know it's any injuries on that right side we've got someone to come in oh it's awesome to see and you know what i was listening to boudreaux's uh, post-game comments last game uh after the sabers game and uh and he called out uh, lockwood said he played great i mean he's got uh, one assist in one game so he's a point per game player right yeah well boost, <laughs> there it is yeah yulson uh, with a huge hit that took cole uh, or got cole Lynn's, uh attention and uh he took exception to it they had a nice tilt, but best part of this tilt was uh, that Lynn got an instigator and a 10-minute misconduct, which Abby was able to capitalize on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This was a pivotal uh, pivotal to the outcome of the game, a TNN, TSN turning point, so to speak. You remember those? Do they, uh, do they still do those segments on TSN? <laughs> I don't uh, I don't think so, but I I'm, do remember those. I'm a sports tech guy these days, so you know I'm not too sure what's happened on TSN anymore. You know the Firebirds were not happy about this game, and honestly, I couldn't wait for the second game in this series. Which leads us to the second game in the series. Carl, I know you weren't able to get to this game, uh, and it was great. I was able to take the family out. Yeah, you got the whole green clan, green corn clan out there, full effect. Yeah, you know what? I was able to get the seats right behind us, which was awesome. So uh, all five of us went out, and uh, my daughter actually had a friend who went to the game the night before, and he was pumping her up about it. Five goals, physical game, a nice fight. It had everything. She was pumped. So was I. Yeah. Uh, this one, however, uh, came out flat to previous night's effort. Yeah, just the standard. And by the way, on that note, every time I go to pick up Kenny to go to games, uh, his his uh, lovely daughter there, Libby, comes out and goes, what, you're not taking me? <laughs> <laughs> so one of these days I'll have to take her out there, right? And yeah. then, yeah, she'll we'll go, she'll go with Uncle trip. Carl one day. But, uh, yeah, anyways, yeah, so this is the standard uh, – Abby Canucks effort for a Friday Saturday combo, uh, you know, like watching two different teams sometimes. It's crazy, and I've just gotten used to it. But you can almost predict it. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, what is worse is it not only did the Canucks for the second time on this road trip go 0 for 7 on the power play, but the ex-Canuck prospect Cole Lynn came back with a vengeance. I mean, this guy picked up the team and carried them through this game with two power play goals on both power play attempts for the Firebirds. And why not throw in an empty netter for the hat trick too to seal the deal, giving them all three goals for the Firebirds. Oh, yeah, it was a tough one. Yeah, yeah. well, Cole Lynn, uh, he shouldn't be playing in the AHL, period. It's not really fair. He's like a cheat code at the AHL level. Uh, if Seattle doesn't want him, we'll take him back, that's for sure. Uh, for those that don't remember, we drafted Cole Lynn in 2017 in round two, 33 overall. That's right, 2017. He's 24 years old now. You know, nothing but skill, good size, eight points in 23 games last season with the big club in Seattle. Uh, what else does this guy have to do to prove that he belongs in the, AH, in the NHL, Kenny? Oh man, maybe dressed like Connor McDavid for Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the you know the Firebirds are a solid team. Um, I was hoping they would suck this year, right? Just because, well, first of all, they're a division rival, but also uh, you know I wanted to kind of make a poster or something saying you know plenty of plenty of golf courses for you in Coachella Valley when you don't make the playoffs, right? So I was kind of hoping they would suck this year so I could be clever and whimsical with that, but that's uh, not panning out so far. They've been playing well, good record, and they're definitely ahead, well ahead of us in the standings at this point. Yeah, yeah, and, and well, Carl, I tell you, the uh, awaited return of the missing Sheldon, Sheldon Rempel, of course, uh, not that Dries has been in the lineup, so technically I guess we're missing, missing both Sheldons. Nonetheless, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of excitement to have him back in the building. There's quite a few people there that... Uh, we're uh, giving him a little bit of respect, so yeah, nice yeah. I mean, that guy did a lot for us last year. I, I gave him a little shout out there before the game. I was like, Sheldon, take it easy on us, buddy. You know, and and he did. Oh, <laughs> but anyways, uh, you know, you're a bit of a rough couple games with us, but uh, against us, I should say. But you know, he gave me a little nod there. You could tell he, he likes the fan base here. He's still very invested in the Abbotsford uh, fan base. I don't think he wanted to leave the Canucks organization, but you know, uh, um, it, it's it was great to see him back he's a very quality player quality guy you know i, I just there again he's one of those players that don't know what else he has to do to show that he belongs in the nhl level because he's big enough to play there and i just don't know why he's not getting that opportunity with any teams but you know it is what it is yeah yeah i mean he's henderson's top scorer right now right so i mean this was a tight checking game shots were even low power play attempts on both sides and no power play goals so this game was solely decided all on five on five play yeah, I don't know if the referees forgot their whistles in this game, but it was very noticeable that there were no penalties being called, and there should have been some penalties called. Yeah, it was a little frustrating at times. Uh, Brady Keeper uh, with a nice goal, and John Stevens uh, with his 100th AHL point in his 243rd AHL game. I mean, yeah. this this guy was signed by Bridgeport in 2017 out of college before uh, being acquired by Utica, which turned into Abbey here. So had his best season last year with 43 points in 68 games and uh, just shy of 20 goals last year with uh, 19. So good for him. Um, mm-hmm. It's awesome to see. So congrats on 100 points. And not to mention the game-winning goal uh, for the Canucks in this game. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah. And then uh, a couple days later, they uh, face off again. Um, I wasn't able to make it out to this game, uh, but I was able to catch it on AHL TV. How was it, Carl? Yeah, no, it was, it, you know, there again, this was great. This was uh, this was the country nights, right? The, mm-hmm. the to- yeah, what a great show the Abbotsford Center put on. I've got to hand it to the Abbotsford Canucks. This is top quality entertainment, and for the price of a ticket for an Abbotsford, how much is an Abbotsford Canucks game ticket? I'm a season ticket holder, so I don't even know anymore. Well, I. About $21 for the cheap seats. $21 for cheap seats. You know they had Chad Brownlee and uh, Karen Lee Batten performing. Karen Lee Batten sang the, the the national anthem. Like Chad Brownlee, for those of you that don't know, that's the... So I'm on the river, my car. On the river's that one? We might have to change this podcast. There you go. Let me, don't let me with a good time. But yeah, so it was called Carl's Karaoke Hour. Uh, yeah. No, that's that's quite the uh, the artist they were able to get out. <laughs> yeah, no, it, was, it was great. Like, what a great performance. You get there for $21. Have you seen the price of concert tickets these days? Man, alive. So, honestly, what a great time. The, uh, the, the crowd was fired up. They were well lubricated, that's for sure. And that reminds me, as always, drink responsibly, folks, at these games, and always, and always plan a safe ride home. Yeah. Uh, Tristan Nielsen, well, he got some on a breakaway. He buried a beauty to tie it up. Canucks with two great chances on the power play in the second period. Nielsen, uh, honestly, just being a pest. 
Mm-hmm. Um, hey, can I kind of chime in on one thing? Okay, you both that by the way. Yeah. Before that happened, so when they, when Henderson scored that first goal, the uh, the goalie Patera Yuri Patera, I'd never heard of him before this game, but now I'm very familiar with Patera. He uh, he comes over to our side because one of the guys in our section, I guess, was yelling at his team uh, during that period, and so he comes over as soon as that goal scored because it scored the other end of the ice there, and he comes over and he taps the glass. Like pointing at our section, and I'm just like, "Oh man, you just unleash! You have no idea. I'm gonna chirp you the entire rest of the game." So I just let him have it the rest of the way, right? And it was a lot of fun, actually. I usually leave the goalies alone, but uh, this one here, I had to make a special exception. But when we we finally started scoring some goals, there he kept looking over and just shaking his head at me the whole game, like literally shaking his head. So. I like to think I got under his skin a little bit. And like I say, I tend to respect the goalies, but uh, he called for that one. He asked for it. Well, listen, you, you don't poke the bear, right? You don't poke the bear. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, like I said, uh, Nielsen just being an absolute pest. Uh, had a pretty active game, getting a goal, some great chances, mixing it up in the third period right before Pedersen scores on the power play. Um, looked like there was a lot a lot of life. And uh, after pulling the goalie with 237 left, they generated some good pressure, but just couldn't tie it up. Yeah, it was a really exciting finish. Uh, it, they pressed hard to tie it, but you know, there again, uh, credit to gotta love to hate him. Uh, credit to Patera, he played great. His uh, record would not have been indicative of this performance going into. It. I think he was like one in five or something like that going into it, and but he played great. And you have to hand it to the guy. I gave him a little bow after the game, and and I walked off gracefully into the into the. Sunset. You know. <laughs> well, you know what? I, from watching it on TV, I, I noticed Carlson gets a penalty with 16 seconds left in the game. Uh, I couldn't tell why he got a 10-minute misconduct, though. Any idea? You know, I didn't really take a deep look, but I do know that he was pretty involved in, uh, you know, uh, conversation with the opponents throughout the game. <laughs> Carlson, which was kind of fun to see for a young Linus Carlson to be really involved and passionately in there. Plus, I didn't know how strong his English was, so that's good. Uh, I don't know if he's speaking English or Swedish, but he was communicating what he wanted to get across, that's for sure. And uh, the refs were really eyeballing him. So, you know, I definitely remember the, the play looking very on purpose, and it was one of those, even in the last 18 seconds of the game, you couldn't not call it. But I don't know. It didn't look like a 10-minute misconduct play to me, but it might have just had to do with the, the history of what he was doing throughout the game with the players. And I think maybe the refs just had enough and said, no, no, they're going to send a message to this kid for other games because they can send that because it's not going to impact the game at all. True. Yeah, well, you know what? Rempel, uh, he got one point in the two games, so not much of an impact. Yeah, yeah, no, Rempel... Uh, he was shut down. I think he was taking it easy on us. He listened to me, you know. <laughs> uh, it's all me on that one there, you know. And uh, <laughs> no, but he, he definitely lacked the passion we saw in him last year. So, I don't know. Maybe he's still got a soft spot for us in Abbotsford. And, uh, you know, he's having a solid season, though. 10 points, 13 games. Like you said, he's leading their team. He's a good player. I wish him nothing but the best. I hate playing against him. So, <laughs> you know, but I'll start to get a, a little less friendly as the games go on the more we see him this season. Awesome. Well, listen, the highlights of the game for me uh, at the end of the game, there was, uh, or sorry, at the end of the game where Nielsen got called out for being the second star of the game, he, he skates over to the glass. I don't know if you noticed that. Well, you probably wouldn't notice it because you're at the game, but I was uh, trying to fight the traffic. I, by the time <laughs> at that point, I was probably already in my Jeep. Oh man. Well, I was I literally watching the end of the game and I was just about to, to turn it off. And I noticed that uh, Nielsen go out, skates over to the glass points at this little guy with a sign right at the front with his mom. And he throws a shirt over. Well, I guess when he throws the shirt over, it kind of goes like a bit row behind him. Yeah. And all you see is this other kid that's probably a couple of years older than him come running over, grab it midair, and then just run away. Oh. And I was like, I, and Nielsen was just like, no, 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 no. And he's trying to say something to him and the kid just oh. runs. And oh. I was like, oh my goodness. Oh, it's not like Nielsen has two jerseys on either. Did he get, did he take his like undershirt off after that or what? <laughs> no idea. I think the camera turned Which off. Which would you that. rather have his jersey or his undershirt, Kenny? Oh gosh. Uh, I'll be okay with the jersey. You are being graded by how you answer this question. Oh man. Yeah. So, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> damn, I missed that. That would have been fun to see. Plus, I love Tristan Nielsen. You know that. 
Buddy's one of my favorite. Get some. Absolutely. We've been talking about getting a sign made. We're going to bring into the games. It just says get some. But we've been we've been shouting that out every opportunity we get. We see him in that zone, and I feel like every time we shout that, he goes in and he does not get some. He does the opposite. <laughs> he makes some sort of error. So I think maybe uh, that distracts him. I don't know. So I'm a little uh, concerned about doing it at the games. Ah, uh, you know what? There'll be a day where he does get some, and we'll let it rip. Uh, <laughs> so, so the recap. Uh, well, the end of six game homestand, three and three, splitting all the series. Just as Carl mentioned at the uh, end of our last pod, uh, they they tend to split them, so they win all the first games of the series and drop the second. Um, Linus Carlson leading the team with ten points in ten games and tenth in in the rookie scoring race. Uh, they now head on on a six game road trip with series against Laval Rockets, Toronto Marlies. And the Calgary Wranglers. Them dang Marlies. Yeah. Well, Abby Canucks currently sitting 5-4-1 with 11 points. They're eighth in the Pacific Division, only four points out of first place. So um, they're still in a decent spot. But they uh, they need these divisional wins over Calgary, uh, who's ahead of them in the standings. So um, if they can get those, that will help them well. And then Laval... Uh, also not doing great to start the season three, eight and three with only nine points. Uh, and then we have a huge test against the Marlies as they sit second in the AHL and, uh, with 19 points, nine, two and one to start the season. So they're hot. Um, yeah, I was going to say, forget about the Calgary team. I know that they're the Wranglers are uh, a, a division rivalry. Forget about them. I want to shut up all these, uh, you know, <laughs> Leafs fans, these Vancouver Leafs fans with their, with their, oh, the Marlies, the Marlies. Come on, man. I can't stand it. So I I'm, I can't wait to see us hopefully uh, split the series there, at least with the Marlies. That would be a win, especially considering the Marlies record. I think we have the team to do it. Uh, we're better than our record indicates so far this season. Yeah, I hate hearing those smug Vancouver Leaf fans go about it. So I think I lost a bet with one of uh, one of Justin's buddies, and uh, well, Justin and I's buddies uh, last year over that. So, you know, it's... Uh, it's uh, one of those things. I don't know. But hey, speaking of the Leafs, uh, did you? This is a good chance to congratulate John Tavares on 400 goals. Yeah, I even, mean, even though most of those were in New York. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Uh, still a great player, though, man. And congratulations to him. That's awesome. Yeah, he's he's a, cl- a class a classy clutch player. I absolutely love John Tavares. So. Congratulations to him. Shout out. I'm sure he'll get to 500. <laughs> yeah, sure. For sure. Um, so, yeah, let's let's uh, transition over to the Vancouver Canucks. Um, when we last recorded, the Canucks were 0-5-2, the only team left in the NHL without a win, and Bruce still without number 600. Uh, we made some predictions. Bruce there it wasn't. Yeah. Well, we made some predictions. Martin against Seattle, Demko against Pittsburgh. Uh, predicted a win against Seattle and that we just needed one to get rolling and anything can happen from there. So, well, it was Demko, then Martin. We won the first one, then the second one. So pretty good on those predictions. They're pretty close. And we're 5-4-1 yeah. now since. Yeah, yeah, not bad. Not bad. We're getting rolling. Yeah, and listen, the Seattle Kraken game, I mean, we didn't look great uh, at all in that game, but they, they did pull off the win and uh, Bruce got his 600th win. So congrats to him. And uh, one was all they needed. That's what we said. Uh, they can get something rolling, and they they roll into Pittsburgh on the Friday, which I was at that game. They were they were fighting their own record, Kenny. Like yeah. they they were, you know, there were so many things that were going right during that 5 and two stretch. They were in every game except for one, mm-hmm. right? And you know, the loss obviously there was were tragically a lots of. Uh, giving up leads, but you know, leads come from scoring and playing well. So you can't completely disregard the good play that led to them, you know, blowing their leads, but at least they got leads. Some teams just get blowed out and go 0 and 5 and 2 to start the season. We did not. And plus those, a lot of those were on the road. So people got to give them a lot more credit for that than they are. People, you know, people throwing jerseys on the ice and stuff. Uh, We talked about that in the last broadcast. Mm. I have absolutely zero patience for that. If you're one of those fans, do not come talk to me. I will take your ear off. (laughs) Not in a physical way, but I will let you know what I think of you. Yeah, well, listen, they they rolled into Pittsburgh, and honestly, the team looked fantastic. Um, JT Miller shutting down Crosby. 
uh, and Malkin. Luke Shen was a beast on Malcolm, honestly, getting under his skin all the time. You could just see Malkin's face and him trying to cross-check Shen back throughout the game. Uh, yeah. Kuzmenko, he got a goal and an assist. Garland with two goals. Hey, can I just say about JT? Yeah. You know, that's one of the things about JT. He's one of the most skilled hockey players you'll find in the NHL. He's a he's a jack-of-all-trades guy. He could shut down any player anywhere. Yeah, well, listen, man, he did it in that game, and it was... Yeah, it was fun to watch. Uh, Kuzmenko, like I said, one goal, one assist. Garland with two goals, almost a third, but missed it by 0.1 of a second. They did check it on the clock, but the uh, the buzzer rang. Um, Martin was fantastic. He looked positionally sound. Yeah. Uh, left us with the question of should we keep him rolling? Uh, well, after these two wins in a row, the Canucks, they ended up going 2-4-1. and one. It's Only five out of a possible 14 points. And then uh, they head out on a road trip. They started in... Uh, New Jersey, a 5-2 loss to the Devils. Um, Demko was in net for that game. And uh, Quinn Hughes was out, but he ended up coming in uh, for that game. But I don't think he was 100%. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they lo- lose that one. Then they head into Anaheim. Or actually, hold on a second. Right after that Devils game, that puts us at the 10-game marker. And I was looking at some stats. Uh, I just wanted to share because we were talking about how awful... Um, this season was we had the previous year and uh, how excited yeah. we were to get off to a great start this year. And I was shocked to see that uh, after the first 10 games of this season, we actually had a worse record than last year. Yeah. Um, last year at the 10-game marker, we had four wins, five losses, and one shootout overtime loss for nine points. This year, two wins, six losses, two shootouts. Oh, I'm not shocked. We went 0-5. <laughs> Oh, oh five and two to start the season. I'm not shocked in the slightest that we were trailing behind last year's totals. But I, I really think if anyone asks me, we played a better ten games to start this season than we did last year. Mm-hmm. I don't think our record indicates it, but I do think we did. It's not perfect, folks. I'm not saying the Canucks are going to win the Stanley Cup here, but people forget. Everybody's shouting, "Rebuild, rebuild, rebuild." We're in a bloody rebuild. The rebuild is not done yet. People need to be patient with the rebuild, patient with the process. It's, uh, you know, they're getting ahead of themselves here. We're not a Stanley Cup contender. We didn't even make the playoffs last year. So let's just try and focus on maybe squeaking into a playoff spot or at least competing for it. That would be a win this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know what? They uh, they face off against the Ducks uh, a couple days later. Well, hey, before you get into that, yeah. how many points are we out of a playoff spot right now? Three? Yeah. So, so I mean- everybody chill out. It doesn't take much to turn it around, right? And listen, you know what? The uh, the game on the third against the Ducks, the BXA um, retirement game. I was which, hoping he would come and suit up and play some, oh, some some minutes there in that one. Man, if you have not heard his locker room speech, I don't know if you heard it, Carl, um, but they recorded his locker room speech while he was in the locker room, and it was awesome. Just awesome. If you get a chance, if you haven't seen it, uh, anyone who's listening, check it out. I think it's on the Canucks website, or you can probably get it on YouTube. Uh, BXL locker room uh, speech. It was it was really good, and it was really cool. It reflected a lot uh, on you know that kind of culture they had back uh, in 2011. But anyways, it was uh, a really really nice uh, gesture and a, and a nice uh, way to honor uh, Kevin BXL. And they come out uh, with an eight five win and a, just a. A crazy game. I mean, Dakota Joshua comes out and gets in a great fight just to kick off the BX at night. Kuzi gets four points, including a hat trick. Uh, Petey with five points. Horvat with three points. Uh, I don't know if you watched that game, Carl, but... uh, Yeah, I did. Oh, man. I did. This was the Kuzmansko we all signed up to watch. Mm -hmm. The Russian connection there, too, right? Uh, I just absolutely loved the game. It was a great game. But do we really have to score eight goals to win a game? Five goals on the other side of the coin here. Um, you know, we, at what point are we starting to see comparisons to the, the Longo Schneider dynamic here? I mean, I don't know when I first kind of saw Spencer Martin, I never really expected that he could ever be a starter in the NHL, but boy, he's worked with Clarkie and come up and he's just looking great. At what point do we have to start having that conversation of him getting more games? Oh, for sure. And and listen, you know what? Right now, Martin's 4-1. Four 4-1-1, and, one. Four, one and one, sorry, with a 3.49 goals against average. Uh, Demko's 1-8-2 and two, uh, with a 4.02 goals against average. So uh, I think you can start having that conversation. Yeah, you have to. 4-1-1. <sighs> one one. Right. There's not an NHL team right now outside of Vancouver that wouldn't take that guy and put him in a starting role at 4-1-1. Nope. One one. 
For sure. And you know what? Uh, I do want to take a couple minutes to talk about this Predators game that uh, took place a couple days later. Uh, we lose 4-3 in overtime. Uh, obviously, we, we blew another lead. Uh, Demko was in net for that game. Um, but what I want to talk about is uh, Rutherford's comments that came out uh, after this game in an interview uh, on Sportsnet. And uh, he describes the 3-6 and 3 start to the season as not acceptable a few points i took away from that that maybe we can touch base on is he talked about blown leads being a huge concern he talked a little bit about boudreaux saying you know we're we're coaching the team to do one thing uh yet the team's doing another rutherford came out and said you know the players are going to be held more accountable after this road trip what does that mean uh trade potentially uh coaching change i don't know he didn't elaborate okay here's the thing your thoughts i gotta tell you on this so rutherford so first of all, what he's doing, so this is like me walking up and going and being like, have you seen my wife? She's not acceptable. Look at how ugly she is. <laughs> By the way, I have a lovely wife. She's beautiful. But, you know, this is basically what he's doing. He's, he's piled on going, boy, you know, I'm sure going to give her the mustard when we get home because, uh, you know, more she's got to be accountable for not being acceptable and not looking right. Like, that's basically what he's doing. You don't do this. You dance with the girl that brung you. You don't do this to your team. You you make sure you're backing up your team and you're defending them. You can't be this critical. This does a number to the morale of a hockey club, especially a club that's fighting to try and win games right now. And they're starting to kind of recover. You don't just go in and do that. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think that's his place to do that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I've, I've had some concerns about the – Boudreaux-Rutherford dynamic, and then maybe there's bad blood from the old days between Washington and Pittsburgh. Maybe I'm just inventing something that doesn't exist. But hey, we're the media. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. And a reminder, this is Bush League after all. You know, we're no, by far not experts here. I'm just observationally a fan saying what I think. But uh, he, you know, I, I'm just I'm just concerned that there's a bad blood situation between those two guys and they're firing shots across the bow. Now, Boudreaux's not the type that's going to stoop to that level. But I just don't like this because I really like Bruce Boudreaux. I want him to stay. I want to mm-hmm. see how what we can do with this roster that we have. I don't really want to see changes outside of maybe the Horvat trade, which I know is crazy considering the start to the season <laughs> he's had. I want to be very clear that I would have rather us not have signed JT Miller. But because we did, we're kind of we are in that situation now. And now I don't think Horvat makes sense. And I've been very clear about that. But I bo- love Bo Horvat. I just wish we could get in a time machine, Doc Brown style, and go back in time and and stop them from signing that deal with JT Miller so that we could have kept Bo Horvat. But I just don't think it works. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? He, he talked a little bit about um, us not having a strong defensive structure. Uh, he, he said, you know, if we had a stronger defensive structure, and I think he was talking to how the team's being coached uh, at this time. And he said, you know, our defense would perform better if we did, but we don't. So we need to make improve or we need to improve our defense. He yeah, said, well, he's not wrong on that. Yeah. And I just don't know that he needs to be going and publicly stating that. If that's how he feels, then he should be he should be looking at what team he has there, what coaching staff he has, and make some changes. But I don't think that it really helps anyone to be airing your dirty laundry in public. Mm-hmm. No, and you know what? He said there will be a point when we start looking at next season. I don't think he's there yet. but um, And he didn't give any sort of... Uh, definitive answer as to when that will be but uh he said we may get to a point where we need to trade players we normally would not trade uh, he did mention Bo. not a rebuild, not a rebuild but uh more of a teardown uh he did actually say though his focus is to keep Bo. Uh, he gave him a lot of credit for the way he's performed not letting his contract situation bother him and just going out and performing uh he said ideally he'd like to keep Bo. so i mean who knows what's going to happen there well, I saw a but stat we'll there, you know, uh, Bo Horvat, you know, there was a stat the other night on the broadcast uh, on the on Sportsnet, most goals per game in the NHL since March 9th of November, uh, as of November 5th, on the November 5th uh, game. So most um, goals in the NHL, per, most goals per game played in the NHL since March 9th of last year. So at what point do we start to, you know, we, we heard Whitney talking on the Spit and Chicklets uh, podcast about... Uh, Connor McDavid being the most dominant player in his sport for any sport in the world. At mm-hmm. what point do we start to say, well, maybe Bo Horvat's better than him? You know, well, because listen- statistically, and I'm not literally saying this because McJesus is the bomb, but I'm saying like <laughs> statistically, you have to think Bo Horvat. He is playing at that level. Plus, you know, Bono's faceoffs, man. You know, Bono's 
Bono's face-offs. He's got a higher, uh, I think a 4% higher face-off percentage than Connor McDavid. Not that anyone's ever considered Connor McDavid a face-off specialist. But, mm-hmm. uh, Taryn, what was the, what's the percentage on Horvat's face-offs? He's won uh, 58.5% of his face-offs and has faced 400, over 400 uh, 50, in the circle. So he's at 58.5, so 59% if we round up. Plus there's been some games there where he's been at 70%. Wow. I've, you know, like, that's incredible. That's incredible. You cannot uh, understate the value of that in critical situations. No, and listen, just to, just to throw a few more stats on Bo Horvat to start the season, he's got 20 points in his first 17 games so far, uh, over a point per game, uh, 31 goals in his last 41 games since February, so already halfway to his career best. Uh, this season, he's ranked second in goals with 14, only one goal behind Connor McDavid. That's right. One goal behind yeah, Connor McDavid. Ranked first in the NHL in road goals with eight goals on the road. Tied second in first period goals with five. Uh, tied for fifth in second period goals with five. And tied for sixth in the NHL in go-ahead goals with four. So, um, yeah, I mean, shout out to him. It's been an awful lot of fun watching him uh, play so far. So, uh, that being said, uh, also PD's tied with Horvat for 20 points. Uh, for first on the team, Miller and Hughes remain at a point per game so far. And uh, why not throw Lockwood in there? 1.1 game. Yeah, He's a point per game player too. Yeah, there you go, Lockwood. Yeah, Kuzi's got 11 points in his uh, in these first 16 games. Obviously, the uh, we didn't talk about that, but uh, we won't get into it. But the coach did sit him out for a game. Um, but he did get a Hattie as well through one of those games. So... I'm going to make a prediction. Uh, I don't want to talk too much about Kuzmenko this week because I want to do a whole segment on the Russians in our next episode. Mm-hmm. I think by then, we got, what, four games, I think, uh, Vancouver games before our next episode. Yep. And I want to see – I think we're going to step in the studio there. We're going to bring some stats in. They're going to blow people's mind. I think those those uh, the Russian connection there is starting to connect on the Canucks, and I could see that being a really blazing hot you know line for us. So, mm-hmm. you know th- – and, and let's just wait and see. Like I said, I want to really touch on that more in the next episode. Yeah, it'd be awesome. And uh, I guess to wrap up the Canucks, they've gone five, nine, and three with thirteen points in the la- or in their first seventeen games. They're seventh in the West, and believe it or not, they're only what did we say? Three points out of a playoff spot. Yeah, three points out of a playoff spot. So, Everybody chill out. Yeah. They're five, four, and one in the last ten games. So let's just put the previous ones behind. It's a long season, folks. We can do this. We'll make. Th- I'm still predicting they're going to make the playoffs this year. Hey, you know and what? And if they can get Demko playing better, uh, well, not better. He's not playing horrible. But if they can figure out the defensive issue that's causing his confidence to be shaken, they could go far and they could make a you know stab at second, third round playoffs. But you know, hard to talk about that from the position we're in right now. Yeah, listen, they just gotta they just gotta close out those leads. Even now, they're still getting those leads and they're still blowing them. They just gotta find a way to close them out. And if they can do that, uh, there's no doubt in my mind they can go string a few wins together. Next thing you know, we're in a playoff spot, right? Um, yeah, yeah. so I mean, uh, Boudreaux is on the hot seat though. I did hear him talk after the Buffalo game and they asked him how important that win was. And he said in more than one way, it's, it's important, not just for the team, but for myself as well. So, so he's feeling that pressure too. So hopefully they can keep it rolling. Right. Uh, Canucks come home. uh, I think uh, they play, I believe they play LA on the 18th. Uh, to start off a couple games here at home. So hopefully they can string something together. And the next time we record, we could have uh, some some changes to talk about. Yeah, that could be a possibility. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, well, you know, I think we've you talked about the Canucks enough. You uh, want yeah. to talk about Eric Carlson. I, you know what? I really do. I find this absolutely intriguing because I'm going to tell you, this guy, when he came into the NHL, there was no defenseman in the NHL like him. This guy could skate. He had an offensive prowess to his game that was just, I think he was like, honestly, in his earlier years, I'm pretty sure he was pretty close to a point per game defenseman. Um, and then, uh, as we all know, he had that massive uh, Achilles tear where uh, somebody stepped on the back of his uh uh, Achilles with a skate and sliced his Achilles right, basically severed it. And he was out for a whole season recovering and he just had never been the same since then. Uh, but I mean, he leads all defensemen in the league right now with 24 points in 18 games, uh, as a defenseman, uh, he leads them all and he has 10 goals already from the back end. So, I mean, yeah, I, I couldn't be more happier for him. Uh, and it's awesome to see. So, uh, yeah, kudos to that. I just wanted to I just want to point that out because I thought it was just really cool to see see that resurgence. Yeah, for sure. Uh New Jersey Devils, tenth row, win in a row. 
mm-hmm. you know, quite the surprise. Shocked me for sure. Uh, you know, Pratt, Hughes, and Hisher really get, getting the job done there. Oh man, one of the one of the reporters said to him in a pregame show. He said, "Hey, uh, you know, what do you guys need to clean up in your game uh, before you get into this one?" And um, Hughes literally looked at him and said, "Well, I think we're on a ten game." Or he goes, "I think we're on a nine game heater." So I'd say we're doing pretty well. So it was pretty funny to see, but uh, but yeah. Um, anyways, uh, I would not have expected that out of uh, the Devils uh, this year. I think they're second in the whole league. So um, that's awesome. Yeah. The Jersey Boys. I always yeah. like. I always like. I have a soft spot for the Devils. The old. I I always liked the Scott Stevens era thing, even though everybody oh. else used to hate it. I liked it. Uh, I liked the grit. I liked it. But I mean, they changed the game, and luckily, it's changed back a little more. But mm-hmm. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame. How can we not talk about the Hockey Hall of Fame? So. Our boys, uh, the Sedins and Luongo, congrats to them for getting in. Very proud of the ex-Canucks there. Yeah. Um, hey, uh, you you, te- you mentioned next year uh, possibly McGillney? Oh, man. I-, I say this every year they do inductions, but, I mean, this guy's been eligible since 2009. I mean, what has this guy got to do to get into the Hockey Hall of Fame? Seriously. Go back in time and play better? Oh, man. Uh, I'm just Maybe. kidding. I, actually I don't know. Like, I, don't I actually know. loved Alex McGillney. I mean, you look at his stats. Like, they're through the roof. The number of points that guy got in some of those games, some of those seasons with Buffalo. Mike, you got over 100 points. Oh. Or no, like, what is it, like 100 Something stupid. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he had 76 goals. Yeah, 76. The same year, him and Timu Solani tied for 76 goals. And I think they were the last players to score that many goals. Um, anyways, incredible. But I mean, there's other potential inductees like Lundqvist, Zetterberg, Brendan Zetterberg's Moore. a good one. Yeah, there's Boy, what a there's quite a few names on the list. But I mean, I'd love to see McGillney in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But. And uh, one of, we mentioned Tavares, but uh, Stamkos got his 500 assists. Yeah, 500 assists for him um, in his career. You think about all the crazy injuries he's had, that blood clot in his ribs and all the other stuff. And uh, this guy just continues to produce, man. So um, shout out to him. And uh, yeah, and good for him, man. Yeah, well, you know, one thing I really wanted to talk about as well here is, uh, you know, obviously the Great Cup coming up. we got to address the... The lion in the room <laughs> that the Lions <laughs> unfortunately fell short. But what a great season. And they made it exciting and they had some troubles with the with their star quarterback being injured. So looking forward to next year with BC Lions. Great job, BC Lions. Shout out from Bush League to you. You guys did great. And uh, you know my buddy Crazy P he likes to go to those games and I want to give a shout out to him for all his passion mm-hmm. and that he put into this year and making it really special for the Lions fans. Um hey, um Stuart Skinner. We, uh, yeah, he's doing pretty good up there in Edmonton. I mean, obviously the Edmonton team outside of the two, dry, uh, outside of Drysdale and McDavid are really, are really uh, uh, you know, struggling. But uh, he's been kind of a little sleeper success story there as a backup goalie in Edmonton. Yeah, well, I think they were talking uh, yesterday that uh, Campbell, well... Yeah, I mean, there's always been talk about Campbell's game, but uh, with Skinner playing so well now, I mean... I just loved watching him in Abbotsford last year and going Skinner <laughs> every time he every time he he made a big save or something. He was he would always grin at it, Justin and I when we did that. So he's a good sport. So I wish him well. I hope he does well. Plus, rather not see him play uh, in Bakersfield. So, but uh, hey, speaking of Bakersfield, so we've got the. Home games that will be coming up after this road stand we talked about. That's on November 28th and 29th, Friday, Saturday set. Hopefully we can pull two wins out of that. Man, this Bakerfield uh, club, I've got uh, got to eat crow a little bit on the 28th. Kenny, I don't know if you remember this, but I made oh, that bet with yeah. their fan club last year in the Calder Cup first round there. They, we got swept. I mean, the California Ice beat us. It wasn't them. But, you know, I still got to man up and I got to wear – uh, a jersey or a Bakersfield shirt to the home opener here in Abbotsford. So those of you will see me. So I'm actually going to absolutely abuse that shirt. <laughs> I'm going to spill everything I possibly can on that shirt. If you see me wearing it, come spill whatever you want on me. <laughs> Just clean it up after so the arena staff doesn't have to deal with it. But, uh, yeah, we're going to abuse that shirt, and we're going to, you know, that's going to be a little trophy. Might burn it after the game or something. We'll see. Maybe I'll ship it back down to them or or wait till I go to a game and just leave it on their front stoop <laughs> at the arena. <laughs> uh, they're going to wish they never made that bet. People do uh, light up flaming bags of poop. I could uh, do the same thing with their shirt. It's pretty much that, right? So, uh. yeah. 
Yeah, uh, Tom Brady was joking the other day about playing in the CFL. Did you see that? No, I did not actually. He was just kidding, but I'm I welcome <laughs> you, Tom. Come on down. Come come up north, man. We'll love you up here. Uh, love you in ways your wife never did. But um, uh, yeah. Hey, he's the one getting. Apparently, he gets uh, alimony out of that. So. Well, Good for him. Works in his favor then, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just a just a poor superstar NFL player. Oh man. So the yeah, like I was saying earlier, the other night was a country night there at Abbotsford Center. They've been putting on a great job with the entertainment there at the arena. Um, yeah, it's Chad Brownlee, Karen Lee Batten perform. That's amazing. Uh, but mm-hmm. you know, Cambry uh, Lovesy, she's the uh, coordinator. Uh, game day coordinator and uh, a talented country artist herself. I actually highly recommend checking out some of her songs. Um, but I kind of want to connect with her in, on social there and just pitch an idea. So when you go to the Whitecaps games, they they do the Boundary Road chant mm-hmm. where it's uh, to the tune of um, Country Roads, John Denver, right? That's John Denver, right? As they do it to the tune of that, but I think we should do a McCallum Road chant or a song when we need to fire the team up. It's just mm-hmm. a little more of a home thing. It's like, McCallum Road, take us home to a place I belong. Western Canada, Mountain Mama, take me home. I think that would be perfect. That'd be awesome. Right? So I'm going to pitch that to them. So you heard it first here on Bush League. If they start doing that at the games, that was our idea. <laughs> Get some royalty. Get some of that fat royalty money. No, we don't We don't want anything more than a couple of Lully's hot dogs there at Abbotsford Center. Just uh, hook us up and we'll uh, we'll look the other way. But, uh, yeah, I think that's uh, coming up on that that time, Kenny. You that's know. it. Yeah, coming up on that time, that's unfortunately. It. That was an easy one. Episode Jeez. two. I got a bunch of stuff here I still want to talk about, but we'll talk about it next time. Definitely going to top, uh, chime in on the Russian Connection next time. Love mm-hmm. those guys. Stay tuned on, on our social media, folks, at underscore Bush League on Facebook or on Instagram and TikTok uh, at uh, Bush, oh, sorry, Bush League Radio on Facebook, underscore Bush League on TikTok and Instagram, or you could just search it and Google it. You'll find it there. You'll see our lovely faces. Uh, up next, we have uh, UFV basketball coverage with your host, Aaron Levy, uh, here at Silver Radio 101.7 in Abbotsford, serving the Fraser Valley, Come broadcasting from the traditional unceded Stolo territory. If you haven't checked that out before, uh, it's a great uh, broadcast there from Aaron. He does a great job, Aaron Levy, so stay tuned for that. It's next. And uh, until next week, on behalf of me and my co-host, Kenny Greencorn, I'm Carl Lundgren, the Bears, signing off. I played, well, I played 10 years here, and then Bo came, and I'm like, I'm out of here. Um, but, no, first of all, I'm not going to take too much of your time. Like, we got work to do here. Big game tonight. I play with Kinger, actually. Same draft class, right? Same, we're the same age, believe it or not. Doesn't he look way older, though? (laughs) But I won't take too much of your time. Um, Thanks for letting my son Cole and I come here and just be a small part of your night here. Uh, When I played, guys, I was, I don't know what you're like, but I was like tunnel vision, like full steam ahead, next game, next season. You know, I was always thinking about like, you know, what's up, what's coming up, what am I preparing for? And I never actually like sat back and enjoyed some of the times and the experiences and, and the accomplishments. And then, you get older and you stop playing, COVID happens. Now it's like four or five years since I've played and you start to kind of look back and reminisce and you're like, it was best time of my career was being a Vancouver Canuck and being in this dressing room. And like, I'm walking in here with Cole and Cole grew up here, like Cole and the Sedin's kids. They grew up like on the floors when they were young kids. And we have so many good memories in this room. You know, the finals, obviously, right? But winning game seven against Chicago, and, and you know the president's trophies won back-to-back president's trophies a lot of great memories in here but like a lot of tough memories here too right a lot of tough losses a lot of you know missed the playoffs twice in my career um, and all those tough things they make you stronger and they make you really enjoy the good times you have to go through them you have to get stronger and you have to endure them and people always ask me like what are you the most proud of from your Canucks career like it wasn't the cup finals wasn't scoring the biggest goal in franchise history. <laughs> it was, but honestly, I joke around about that. It was honestly the most proud thing I am is the culture that I helped build in this room for about eight to 10 years. And I knew it was special because when we had guys come from other teams and we had Bo come up and everything, guys would tell us, like, this room is special. You guys have something good here. So, how did we develop that? It wasn't like just me and the twins and Luongo, it was probably like, 
I think it takes like three to four defensemen, one to two goalies, and six to seven forwards of ultra-competitive guys. Ultra-competitive in your own right. Like, are you a net front guy? Well, you're the first guy on the ice tipping pucks every morning. Are you a shooter on the flank? Well, you're a guy who's on the ice every morning shooting 100 pucks before practice, right? Like, that's what the skill guys did. That's what the Kesslers, the Burroughs, the Sidines, that's what they did. Are you an energy guy? You're in the gym. You have, like, your mandatory workouts, but you do more. You go above and beyond, so you're the best conditioned guy. You're the strongest guy. Your body's not breaking down from all the contact. You hone your craft. You take pride in what you do, and you work your doing it and that's what makes everybody a better team and then you keep each other accountable if everybody's doing that the goalies are on early everyone's working at their profession and you battle each other in practice and that's why we were a great team for eight to ten years and that's why we had a great culture so I'm not saying there should be any fights out there this morning but I'm just trying to give you a little bit I'm not lecturing you either obviously right you guys are in this league for a reason but I'm just trying to let you understand the culture that we had that was so special for eight to 10 years, it took a lot of different people that were ultra competitive going at it every single day. And we built something really special that people are still talking about today. You guys are lucky you got Bruce. He lets you guys play, gives you guidance. He loves the game, he's passionate. It, it honestly means a lot for me to come back here and, and sign a one day deal and retire in this special place that I enjoyed my career in. So thank you.